Welcome to another episode of Nothing Moves Without Us, a black culture podcast. On every episode, Tatiana and I discuss shows, movies, and music from the past 30 plus years that have played a pivotal role in the black experience. All right, welcome back to another episode of Nothing Moves Without Us, a Black Culture Podcast. Today, Tatiana and I are discussing the 2006 film, Aquila and the Bee. Um, really excited to kind of talk about this. It, 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 it's, 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 a, it's a dope movie, and it's funny because about two weeks ago, I watched this movie called Bad Words with Jason Bateman, where he's in a spelling bee contest. So excited to kind of like, did you watch that movie? I tried to watch that movie. <laughs> I couldn't. Right, that's a good, wow. That's good. <laughs> Some fun uh, talking points. Um, yeah. So I guess to kind of start the show, I wanted to talk about this Kanye, man. Ye- or not even Kanye. This Ye. It's Ye. It's Ye. It's Ye. Um, you know, people traditionally change their name to... I th- like, did, did you watch the, the Yeezus documentary? No. I did not. Okay. So I, I feel like in the past, people changed their names to, you know, let go of the criticism and the wrongdoings. Like, you know, Puff Daddy went from uh, Puff to something else to now he's just a ditty that he tried to brother love and no one's really, really feeling it. So, I, you know, I get changing your name to Ye to kind of disassociate from everything that was Kanye West. But in the doc, in the Jesus, doc, Jesus documentary, Ye was... People, the people that were closest to him called him. Ye is like, like if I let somebody call me Cliff, like, yo, I fuck with you. Um, right. So, like, I get the transition and I see him being Ye. Like, you know, he's being more vocal. He's kind of sharing his thoughts and opinions on, you know, things he's always kind of done. And, you know, dealing with, not dealing with, experiencing the repercussions of, of those choices. How do you generally feel about what, Kanye West currently Ye has been up to these past few years. Um, I thought it it's it's a it's weird because I I I have frequently been having conversations about Kanye West just in general because to me it feels like kind of a letdown um to what he's shifted towards. Uh, I've been listening to Kanye since I was like. 18 years old i like got the college dropout i was like this is the best album i've ever heard i played it into the ground my Cheers first year of college yeah I, I i played it into the ground but like you know i feel like there was a a huge shift after his mom passed and um his diagnosis of bipolar disorder and what happens when you have this you have such great fame that people just stop telling you no. So I feel like he is someone that is surrounded by yes men that agree with what he says. Um, I feel like a lot of what he does is, was or is very curated, especially, you know, his relationship with Kim Kardashian. Not that she's not a real person, but they definitely got into that relationship, I feel like, for all the wrong reasons. Um, Kim Kardashian has said in the past that in, I believe in like an old magazine interview she did, her goal, one of her goals in life were to have mixed babies. 
And when you put some shit like that out in the air, it's just very, it's just very strange. And Kanye's always had an unhealthy obsession with her, even before they were together. Um, I don't know. I just feel like he, he's lost it in a, and not in a, he's like crazy sort of way, but in a, he's just, he's lost touch with reality and he's been saying super offensive stuff for many, many years. And, and he's finally getting some sort of backlash for it. Um, I do kind of feel sorry for him because no one is, no one is, I don't feel like he has any sort of guidance and I feel like he's being taken advantage of, um, because he, I don't feel like he's in his right state of mind. And I just feel like he's being taken advantage of. I feel like at one point we could have just, not we, but maybe even the society or whatever it is, like people are so obsessed with views and having views and having Kanye on their podcasts and on their shows means their views are going to go up. So Fox did it. And then Noriega did it. And so many other people wanted to have him on, even though you can tell from these interviews that there's something like wrong. And that was more. What do you view as being wrong with him? He. What do you think is wrong? He's unhinged. I feel he's he's been bringing up a lot of white supremacist talking points. A lot of what he's been saying is regurgitated from what white supremacists say, what Nazis have said, and. Well, why do you automatically associate just because they said it and he says it? He's regurgitating it from them. Because he hangs out with Candace Owens, who okay. is, he's, he hangs out with Candace Owens. He, he sits down and has conversations with Fox, with Tucker Carlson, who's extremely racist, who has been sued in the past for um, spreading misinformation and pretty much got out of it because he was like, well, if they believe me, that's not my fault. Um, he just, he's just been saying a lot of weird shit for years, um, things he said about women things he said about black people things he said about like jewish people it's just i i feel like it's coming to a head um i feel like he's being held responsible i feel like he's probably the only person in recent times who has been actually really held being held responsible for the things he says because i've known i know for a fact and i know you know as a fact that people have said the same if not worse and I feel like he is being held responsible because he's a black man. But I feel like that doesn't excuse the things that he says. So it's been kind of like, I'm like depressing to see how far he's fallen from George Bush doesn't care about black people to slavery was a choice to I'm going DEFCON 3 on these Jews and this and that. And it's just as alarming. And it's strange because... You know, like I said, he shares opinions with white supremacists. And when that happens, when you start to garner that kind of attention, when people are throwing banners um, over like the cat, what is it? Some California highway saying Kanye was right about the Jews and they have up like they're doing the Hitler polls. You got bad company. And once you're in bad company, there's like really no coming back from that. At least to I mean, me. I feel like that. I feel like that's a stretch to say that he's in bad company when he, he definitely. I think people. he is not just not I mean, hold just. On, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You spoke, you spoke for a bit. You know, let's 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 dialogue a bit. Um, 
you you can't say he's in bad company if you you know use the the people on the bridge. He doesn't know them, so you can't really acknowledge that. Um, the slavery was a choice thing. Like, do do you are you aware of like what the full quote is? I know he says slavery was a choice. I know uh, that the, the full the full quote is when you hear about slavery for four hundred years. For 400 years, that sounds like a choice. That's not saying, I don't think that's saying slavery was a choice. I think he's saying staying within, like, you know, there's content and then there's context, right? Like, I can I can sit here and I can say anything, but if I don't fully elaborate, you take the context based off your preconceived notions, right? If, if like, re- reading the, the full quote and saying 400 years, that sounds like a choice, yeah, it does because if you're staying within a confinement for a prolonged period of time, there's a choice in allowing that this is my lived condition. I, I mean, I definitely think there's there's a choice within that. You know, it's um, I, f- I forget his name, John John Henry. You know, give me liberty or give me death, right? Like when for me, the the overall narrative is when you know when someone white says something, it's prolific and profound. But when a black person says something, it's disregarded. They may not. They may not have the an, innate uh, language. Like, like I think Kanye Ye's issue is language. He doesn't have the the language to necessarily articulate himself. When you we, when we look at the sound clips and the sound bites, but if you allow him to speak freely and share his like the complete thought, you get more of the context out of it. Um, you know, I think most, you know, most recently, what he's dealing with is the issue with uh, his comments about Jewish people. D- Defcon isn't a. It, it isn't about attacking people. It's about defense. Like Defcon is, I'm, I'm, I'm going Defcon, so I'm, I'm, def- I'm going to start defending myself against Jewish people, right? You know, like early, I was, I was thinking about. Like you know, I, I understand what anti-Semitism is now nowadays, right? I understand what it used to be. I understand what it is nowadays. Nowadays, it's just you you can't speak ill. Like that's just the base of it. You can't speak ill, or you can't make references that allow other people to to uh, hint at Jewish power and control and manipulation, all of that. I definitely think what he said was wild because again people don't understand the context of it and you know he he, sh- he should absolutely be held accountable for the language that he uses and the lack of context in explaining it but bringing a saying uh, like if I, if I said you know only uh muslims or arabs own the corner stores in the hood and they poison our people right not, not even that right only arabs and muslim people own the corner stores in our hood that's not like attacking them. I'm just saying like, it, it, this is just general awareness that I have that this this group is structured in these places and like there's some type of negative impact to the people that they're servicing. I don't, I, I don't, I don't view that as being anti-Semitic or anti a group. I think it's just bringing an awareness to it and offering, I think looking for dialogue, right? And like, you know, I'm, I'm like, you, you have to find that within yourself, right? Like he said, I'm realizing, I'm realizing that everyone I do business with is a specific type of person. And I'm realizing that a lot of my business is being limited in control. Like, I don't, how how do you view that as being uh, offensive or detrimental? I want to address what you said earlier about being in bad company. Candace Owens is bad company. 
I feel like when you start to share the same kind of attitudes, attitudes about people, that that means that you're in bad company. Candace Owens is not a good person. She's a grifter. Um, before she got super famous, she was a Democrat who was very anti-Trump. And then she shifted to something else because this makes her more money. Um, she's married to a white man that owns Parler, which is a social media website that's, I guess, maybe akin to Twitter, where it's very far right, which can be another thing for fascists to get into, Nazis to get into, people who have those opinions. So that's what I mean by bad company. Um, the thing you said about Muslims, and they're, they're, called Arab, uh, they're not called Arabs, they're called Arabs. But I think what Kanye, le- Kanye West is lacking is that he makes points and to him, the points make sense, but he doesn't look at the overall picture of it. He's saying that, like, I've noticed that Jews are the one running everything, but not considering that all those Jews are also white. That plays a big part because there are, like everyone has stated, like I've, I know to be true as well. There are black Jews. There are Asian Jews. There are um, Jews that are of Arab descent and they don't you know, run things like how white Jews do, if that's what he was trying to get at. So he's also someone that is, excuse me, self-confessed, I don't read. So I think like when you take in all of that information. Most people don't read nowadays though. Like most people don't read nowadays. That's no excuse. Sound bites and clips. No, I don't think that's an excuse as somebody that can go out and say something like that and say, well, I don't read. You have these ideas, these opinions um, that you share about people, you generalize people and you make those opinions, you make those assumptions and you don't take like a more critical look at things. Of course, what you say gets misconstrued. I read. I know people that still read. It's not like I feel like that's not a good excuse. I feel like if you're going to go out on TV and make these like very broad statements about things that you should be able to back it up with facts with statistics with knowing the history of this country he also went on to say like you know oh most of the children being born in new york city the black children that should have been born are gone because of abortion that's that's not true he's just using a lot of like really bad talking points to try and prove a point because he feels like you know he's not being heard and even with the white lives matter shirts and him talking about Black Lives Matter. I get what he's saying about Black Lives Matter. The organization itself that co-opted the phrase Black Lives Matter, they mishandle money. That was a thing that's come across on news sites all over the place. But there are people that have been doing work on the ground for years before Black Lives Matter organization even existed who are now being thrown under a bus. He has legitimized people's, especially white people's rationale of why they hate Black Lives Matter to the point that it's not even called that anymore. It's referred to a lot of the time that I've seen as BLM because people don't want to, people don't want to believe that. And he goes, oh, why wouldn't I say White Lives Matter? Everything he does now at this point is to drum up controversy. And I feel like he used Black people as a jumping off point to see what he can get away with and thought that he would also be able to get away with this and wasn't. So I think like Kanye at some point had really cool ideas. I feel like he had really like revolutionary ideas about things, 
being that his father was a Black Panther, his mother was a, you know, a professor. So, like, you know, that's where he, he's from to now this is crazy. Um, he, he just, he's just not who he was, I believe. And I feel like, you know, everyone's allowed to criticize this country or how things are, but he just, he doesn't seem to get why it's, it's being seen as, as controversial, as controversial as it is, but he's also like reveling in it. Because now I feel like he thinks it backfired uh, on him. I don't know. I mean, I I feel like, uh, I don't know, I guess in terms of, I don't know his true intentions, right? I mean, I think, uh, I mean, some of the language you use and the language a lot of people use is believing that we know people's intentions. And that's, you know, that's always kind of where I step back. And that's why I say, you know, I, I don't know the truth. I know my perspective. And, you know, watching the Genius documentary, you know, he's a creative, he's an artist. You know, I talking with creatives, talking with artists. Um, like, you know, you said he's not the same person he was. He's not supposed to be. I mean, I think that's part of growth and life experience. I think, you, you know, you have these experiences and it opens new gateways and revelations that changes your perspective on, on life for yourself, for other people. Um, personally, I, I, I believe that there is goodwill and good intention. I just think it, it's chaos and it needs to kind of be uh, curated and controlled. And then the message becomes a lot more clearer for, for people to kind of comprehend. Um, but yeah. And any last points before we transition? Yeah. I think that, um, in terms of Kanye, sometimes when you, you're given a lot of um, insight to what he says and you kind of hear it, you can sort of like infer what he means. But I also feel like he thinks that his experience is everyone's experience and he shields himself behind his identities when it's fitting and when it's not fitting, then he doesn't because he's just, I feel like he's completely out of touch. And I think that has a lot to do with wealth. I feel like that has a lot to do with fame. And I feel like it has a lot to do with him being surrounded by people who um, just think that everything he says is, you know, smart. He's genius, that he's innovative. And I feel like sometimes, you know, if you care about somebody, you have to call them out for the things that you don't understand. Um, but yeah. Akilah and the B, 2006. Uh, like I said, it, I, 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 I'm not sure if I watched this movie before. I feel like I have, like very vaguely. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched it last night and I watched it again today just to kind of get reimmersed in, into it again. But it's, it, it's, a, it's a powerful movie. Part of it kind of drew, drew me back into Antoine Fisher. Mm-hmm. And just thinking about like youthful experience um, and the the family, like family around you, the yeah, family around you, and how that kind of molds and shapes you, and kind of taking your destiny into your own hand and like finding your your, your own path. Yeah. Um, it stars a young young Kiki Palmer as Akila, Angela Bassett as Tanya, her mother Lawrence Fishburne as Doctor Larrabee. Uh, it is Mister Welch. It's played by Curtis Armstrong, who I remember from being Booger from Revenge of the Nerds. Um, and uh, 
an additional like a, a great supporting cast of like people who are who are there to kind of balance out life, right? Like th- those 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 are the four main people, four, four main cast members, and I feel like everyone else kind of balances out the different sides of limiting her growth and experience, and like supporting her and showing her like the possibilities of tomorrow. Yeah. Also, Lee Thompson Young is in this. Rest in peace. He was Jet Jackson. Right, 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 right. Uh, you know, when I looked at him, I thought he was um, that guy from The Boys. For a second. I'll get his name real quick. Uh, Jesse T. Usher, who plays A-Train. Yeah, like at quick, quick glance, I kept saying, oh, that's A-Train, that's A-Train. But yeah, you're right. You're Jesse right. T. Usher? I don't even know who that is. I don't watch The Boys, but I probably should. Let me look this up. Oh, yes. Yeah, they got the same face. They do have the same right. face. Yeah, so the, the director of the film is... is uh, what did I lose it? Doug Atchison. Um, yeah, who actually like watched a Scripps National Spelling Bee Championship and then like wrote the, wrote the, the screenplay mm-hmm. for this. It said it was a 10-year ten, ten journey, like really finalizing it and getting everything... Kind of, kind of set up. Um, he won like um. Uh, I guess his, 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 his. Sorry, he won like um. It's okay. What was it like a a script writing thing too to get the movie funded because yeah. it took like years for him to even get the, the Nicole Fellowships in screenwriting yeah. in two thousand. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, the the, the concept behind the film is about. Uh, is, and I'm reading some of this from Wikipedia, mm-hmm. but you know, he wanted to write an inspirational film about overcoming obstacles despite difficult challenges along the way. He also wanted to portray African Americans in a manner that was not stereotypical, and tried to show how Amer- African American childhood incorporates some stereotypes, which is it's great because you know, uh, looking at the when I looked when I looked through the Wikipedia page, they were saying that there was like racial controversy behind the show because of stereotypes and how people were. Um, depicted, which we'll, we'll get mm-hmm. into a, a bit later on. Um, how did you so? How did you feel about the first five minutes? I know the title screen is like right there in your face, but like the first five, five, th- first five to ten minutes, you know, the showing, um, showing Los Angeles, showing her neighborhood. What, what did that? How did that speak to you at all? I think it was a good first five to ten minutes because it kind of immersed you into. Um, Akila's uh, neighborhood and um, her surroundings. Um, I feel also like the title song that they play in the beginning is performed by Kiki Palmer or performed by her sisters because I think she wrote a song. She actually did write a song for the soundtrack. Um, But I feel like, yeah, it did a really good job of kind of like getting you prepared um, for what you're about to see in like Akila's home, her school life. Um, her neighborhood, her community. Um, so it, I think it did a, definitely did a good job of like getting you ready um, for this movie. Yeah, I, I enjoyed seeing the the first few minutes. Um, it could be, it, it's, it's nostalgic. Like, anytime we watch these movies, it feels nostalgic. You know, talking talk, we talked about uh, Crooklyn, mm-hmm. and you know, seeing the the camera like roll through the streets. The the word was the word that came to my mind was buzzing. Like when you drive through the, you know, I'm, I, and I'm going to say the hood throughout this just because it's just an easier way to kind of conceptualize it, a neighborhood, but the hood, when you drive through it, 
it's just always buzzing. There's always people walking around. There's always things to do. I feel like once you kind of step out of um, like inner cities, it's just very sparse. Like you don't, you don't, you don't know if people exist. You just see buildings and homes, and yeah. it's nice to to walk in neighborhoods and, and just see people. Know that people are alive. Know you know that that's that's what I mean. That's that's the culture of New York, right? The seeing people, yeah. people watching, and seeing culture, fashion. And what's going on? And there's there's always something interesting going on, which I which I really appreciated. Um, yeah, because it's a super active neighborhood. Yeah, I I like that. Within the first few minutes, we get like a very direct, clear understanding of her family life. You know, we know that mm-hmm. we see that Akila is like this very bright, smart girl. She's playing, uh, I think, Scrabble on a, a phone or computer. Yeah, we meet her. You know, we meet Tanya, who. You know, who is that's a stressed out mom <laughs> Yo, like the stress is <laughs> going through it you know her her sister who um has a as a baby and her brother sorry her sister's played by uh Sahara Ware Georgia and then her brother Devin who's in the the air force I, I believe and you know yeah. we get, we get very clear cut roles and then we learn that her father passed away so it's like there's something missing from her life and this is the chaos that she's living in. And you know, now, you know, can she persevere? So I, I feel like, I feel that, um, Doug Adjison, like really, he, like he, he hit the, the foundation for who this character is within those first five minutes. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, he did a good job of doing that. And then you kind of, it's with Angela Bassett as Tanya too. Um, she's always going to play like a strong matriarch of a character like without fail and everything she does, she always does. Um, but you can, you can, like you said, you can kind of get a feel of even the dynamics between her and her children. Um, she doesn't really seem to worry too much about Akila um, in terms of like getting into like real trouble. Um, one of Akila's brothers is always in trouble. One is in the, I think he's in the air force. He's in the military. And then he's in the um, air force. Yeah. Devin. Yeah. And then um, her sister, um, Kiana, who's like a young mom, um, so you kind of get the dynamic of why she would be stressed, why Tanya always looks kind of pissed off. Um, and it's because she's got a lot to worry about. Uh, right. But yeah, is the f- the scene when they're having dinner, is that in like the first 10 minutes? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So yeah, that, that, that scene too really sets the dynamic. Like, where's this brother? He's, he's gone. Um, I can't keep an eye on him. And then one getting ready right. for the military. And so yeah, definitely. Yeah, excuse me. I said uh, Kiana was her. I think I said Kiana was her friend. But yeah, Kiana's her sister. I think Georgia was her friend. Was it? Georgia's her friend. Yeah. Yeah, Georgia's her friend. Georgia um, is the tall ass friend. <laughs> I I like the. I love seeing I love seeing a depiction of kids just playing and acting like you know. I think within the first fifteen minutes, when she when Mister Welch goes to her to try when they do the spelling bee. And mm-hmm. she's with her her teacher, Miss Cross, which is interesting. I had a Jamaican teacher named Miss Cross. Oh man, story stories. <laughs> <laughs> but you know they, they're doing the spelling bee, and that kid, uh, what's his name, Chucky Johnson. <laughs> she's like, I want you to spell gravel. He's like, gravel, like rocks. She's like, no, gravel, like <laughs> to get on your knees. You want me to get on my knees? What? <laughs> oh like, my god, kids, kids, yo, kids, yo, just. There's always that one kid, right, who's just everything is just a joke to them, man. Yeah, I, 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 I love that, that dynamic because it, it's real, right? Like these are 
to me, these are real characters. Like I see these characters and I'm like, yeah, there's always that one kid who's always has some type of jokes, always trying to make things seem weird. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and it's definitely because you get the vibe early on in the movie that um, Akila is kind of shy about how smart she is um, because she is relentlessly teased for being smart. So that kid was probably doing that as a self-defense mechanism because he's like, I don't want any trouble from these girls that have been like been terrorizing Akilah for being smart because he could spell gravel, he could spell grovel, but he still right. ended up spelling the word wrong anyway, but it was better for him, at least for him to get the jokes off than have to deal with like uh, probably the teasing for being like smart and spelling the spelling the, the word correctly. Right. Or like a way to cop out of it. Like, I'm just going to get it wrong and, and get out of here. I don't, I don't yeah. want to do this shit anywhere, you know? Yeah, this I'm is out. too time you consuming. I'm gone. What was the first thing he said? Um, I think he was asking him about, like, basketball. <laughs> I thought, like, they asked him to spell the word. And he's like, are we still, you know, doing that? They're like, yo, just focus on this right now. Like, he, oh he's, he's out of there. He's like, he's mentally checked out, man. <laughs> Doesn't he kind of remind you of Wendell from Crooklyn? Wendell Which was the one, one that was always Wendell's the chubby one that was always eating and being a smart ass. Yeah, he's I always backing up everything that. Clint was saying. He gave me that I vibe. Can see that. <laughs> he definitely gave me that vibe. All right, so we we have uh, Akila. Um, how would you describe Akila's personality? I love I love Kiki Palmer, and I love Kiki Palmer as Akila. I feel like Akila is um, she's she's shy. But she's also kind of, you know, she's she's she'll defend herself if need. Um, she's she's like the everyday kid. I feel like I know a lot of girls like Akila when I was growing up who were like smart and but also a little bit of a smart ass and just needed like a direction to focus on, really, to kind of get how smart she is. Um, I feel like she also kind of feels neglected by her mom because she you know for the most part she stays out of trouble i know they have some issues with her and her grades but for the most part she kind of stays out of trouble um she's like i guess what you could be deemed as the good kid because her she has a her sister's a teen mom her brother's in and out of the trouble hanging out with Derek t um so she's kind of like not paid attention to as much as she could be because i think her mom kind of depends on her to be able to kind of care for herself um, very strong-willed, I think, um, just like overall, like loving and, um, a bit hard-headed, but willing to learn. So that's what I got from her. Just like, you know, like the average 11-year-old, like black girl. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I wrote that she, she's very charismatic. Like mm -hmm. She has this amazing personality once she opens up and connect, connects with people. I like that you brought up that she was shy because you see that a lot with when she like has, when she initiates dialogue with people, there's like this innate like reserve, like I don't know how to tread this initially. Right. And then, you know, she kind of takes off running. Uh, she's witty. She's like, she's quick with it. Like, um, When she's with Dr. Larrabee in the study, he's like, you know, you can't use, you know, there's no uh, street talking here. And she says... Uh, you know, like, like either he's dissing her or, or, you know, she doesn't want her friends dissing her. He's like, what did I say? And she's like, what? She goes to the dictionary. <laughs> Dis. Dissing. Dis. Right. Like he said, wor new words get added to the dictionary all the time. Old man. Like, you know, st like step up, step up. Yeah. And I, lo I, I love that. Like a lot of what I saw in her character at times was I feel like she's very 
Um, but she stands up for herself when it comes mm-hmm. to adults. But when it comes to her peers, I feel like it feels like I feel like she's more reserved with her peers than than with adults for some reason. Yeah, I think she's also reserved when it comes to her mom too, because I feel like her mom yeah, strikes a little bit of fear in her. Um, but yeah, she's definitely like reserved because I think she realizes that these are the ones that they're going to give me the hardest time is her peers because she has to go right. to school with them and she has to deal with them. They're going to want to cheat off her papers. They're going to want to bully her for nonsense. So she, yeah, I definitely got that vibe from her too. Going, going, going into uh, Tanya, her, her mother, it, it, it was frustrating to watch mm-hmm. because I, I, I get the character Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and there's some type of relation like that, that tough love, that tough love, tough love, tough love. Um, and you feel like, you know, I, 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 I feel sorry for her, like her dynamic, right? Like, you know, there's, um, what did I, I just had his name, um, Terrence, who is like the gangbanger brother. Mm-hmm. And the mother's so involved with Terrence, who realistically, Terrence is a lost cause, right? He's going to do whatever Derek T says. Terrence is a lost cause. But she focuses so much of her energy on trying to fix Terrence instead of like supporting Akila. You know, so Akila right. ends up being sneaky and you know, they have these these scenes. But throughout the the movie, it's, you know, mom, I, I want to do this. And it's just like, I'm tired. Oh, I have work. Oh, I have this. I don't have any time for you. I don't have time for you. Yeah. And then, you know, we get toward the end where the mother the, the, she gets embarrassed. Tanya gets embarrassed by Javier, who um who's another spelling bee contestant. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Akilah's boo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, his mother calls Tanya and is like, do you need a ride? So until she gets embarrassed, that's when she's finally involved in, in her child's life. And like, it, it feels like reality. Like, like, that's what it takes, right? Like you, you embarrass me. Okay, now I'm involved. Now what's going on? Now I'm going to embarrass you. Now we're going to make a scene and do, do all of this. You know, um, how, how did you feel about Tanya? And I know you brought, you brought up the word matriarch earlier. Yeah, I think Tanya has a lot on her plate. I think the whole family has a lot on their plate, and there's a lot of things not being discussed amongst the family, and that's the reason why this seems to be such a tension between her and Akila. Akila was very close with her father. The reason why she got into Scrabble and into spelling was because she used to play with her dad, and then her dad is murdered. And he's been gone for some time now. I think he's been um, dead for like five years at this point. But none of them are mourning as a family. Um, They're not mourning as a family. And I feel like that's very important with grief is to not, you know, hold on to it privately, especially when you have children. But I think she's having a very, very hard time dealing with the death of her husband and then having to take care of an entire household, which includes a granddaughter, um, a teenager, Akila, Terrence, and she's got to take on all that responsibility as well. There's bills that need to be paid. She seems to work like a lot of long hours. And on top of that, like, you know, Akilah's, like I said, we, she doesn't really get into a lot of trouble, but she's not, her grades aren't where they should be because she does end up having to, um, you know, go to summer school or she's supposed to go to summer school. So I think like with her, everyone grieving privately because you see Akila. Um, when she plays Scrabble sometimes, she'll talk to the picture of her dad. Yeah. Um, you'll see um, Tanya looking through photo albums alone, crying like quietly to herself. And I think um, a lot of times, especially with Black parents in general, they get that part wrong when it comes to grieving. Like they feel like they have to be like this strong, this strong person 
who just keeps everything together and forget that um, sometimes you have to take the time to really like talk to your kids and grieve with your kids um, so that you kind of all can have sympathy and empathy. Um, so I think that's where she gets it wrong. It's like, she just really is so involved with trying to keep it together, probably even mentally that she is neglecting Akila. So I do see that where the embarrassment comes in. Um, but I feel like I was reading something where it's more like Tanya didn't want Akila to do the spelling bee because she was afraid that she would fail and she knew that would be hard for her. But I gotta, I gotta find that and come back to that because I really can't she, remember. She knew said. she hold on. Tanya knew she would fail, or Akila. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hear that too well. I, well, I, I think Tanya thought that it would, it would fail. Yeah. yeah I, I, so I, I found it. Yeah. Um, the director said Tanya wants the best for Akila, but it's reticent because she thinks the dream will fail and make things worse. Bassett stressed that her character has to handle the pain of her husband's death in addition to having bills paid, but that Tanya's gain that Tanya gained some measure of courage herself inspired by Akila. So I think like it was a more of a, like if this doesn't work out for my baby, then she's going to be even more sad type of deal. Um, But sometimes you got to let your kids fail if that is the case. Yeah. I think, um, I think, you know, toward the end when she, you know, surprises her at USC, Mm -hmm. actually, I think maybe they were, they were home. It, It was that scene when after that, when they were home together, and I think Tanya says, you know, I, I just didn't want you to fail and be disappointed. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's parents parent how they know. Right? Like that, that's just what yeah. it is. You parent based off of what you know. Uh, I love that you brought a mourning initially because there's no time to mourn, right? Like that, that's right. that's a lot of what the um, I'll, say, I'll say the black experience. I feel like a lot of time the black experience is there's no time to mourn. Like you just have to move forward you have to like i said you got bills to pay you have a you have you know a, a a daughter with a daughter you have a son in the air force you have a son who's a troublemaker you have and then you have a killer who like you know she's gonna kind of do her own thing she, you know she's a good kid she's gonna follow directions she's gonna, she's gonna follow your word and i think that's kind of why she was so embarrassed and shocked she was like a killer like I, I, I wouldn't. She would never think a killer would lie to her and betray her. Um, right. And in, in that scene, the killer's like, "I'm sorry, I lied to you." Like she's just very distraught about it because it's it's like new territory that they they've never kind of had that engagement in their relationship. And yeah, you know, you talked about like this talking, right? The dialogue, dialogue solves everything. <laughs> dialogue solves everything. You have the dialogue. You see people's mutual perspectives and. You know, you you both take from it what you can. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, also, like you said, Akila is not one to, like, really disobey her mother. And this was the first thing she was really excited about. So she had, to, she had no choice but to do it behind her mother's back. But again, it's like, you know, I think she always, she also carries with her, like, her father would have probably encouraged her to go on and do this stuff. And I'm sure her mother probably would have, too, if she had that, like, if her dad was still there, she had that support too. Um, but yeah, people don't, I feel like people don't realize how much grieving, like grieving, because I feel like there's no really incorrect way to grieve, but especially when you have kids that you have to take, 
how this affects them into consideration too, you know? Um, and I don't think she really did that. I think she just kind of was stuck in her own misery and was unable to see anybody else's, um, and hides behind that, like very, you know, um, tough, like tough mom thing. Um, so yeah, that's what I, I think. I think Angela Bassett does a really good job of playing like, um, Tanya, because especially so, with the faces she makes. <laughs> so I realize we, we, you know, I know, I know, I'm kind of jumping ahead. Um, this for like, mm-hmm. like, so we haven't really like laid out the the movie overall. Um, so the Killing a Bee is about a young black girl. She lives in was it South Central? Yeah, South Central Los Angeles. Um. And she's she's bright like that. So like in, in the first five minutes, you know, we get the scene with her teacher hang, handing out uh, grades. Oh, excuse me, ex- <clears throat> handing out test papers, and you see D, F, C. Kids are laughing and talking. Her teacher goes to her. She goes, you don't, you don't see Akila's grade. Her teacher goes, Akila, how long did you take to study for this test? Akila's like, I didn't study at all. And all the kids laugh at her, but she gets her grade and she gets a hundred. Um, yeah. So like you know we get that like this this, this child is bright right she has a future and the the story is following her journey in being a you know the the school's um, spelling bee champion ch- champion the I think the the district and then go, end up going to to nationals the uh, Mr Welch I think he's uh, the principal he brings yeah, he's in the do- thank you he brings in Dr Larrabee who is um, a well-respected professor. And he he brings him into the school spelling bee to say, hey, you know, like there's some potential here, right? There's some potential here. And they go to Akilah. And when she wins the the school's spelling bee, she's like, you know, why don't you go represent us? She's like, why would I want to represent a school that doesn't even have doors in a bathroom, you know? Um, And and it's just the journey of this, uh, of, you know, this young black girl navigating the peer pressure of classmates teasing, um, you said mourning, trying to cope with mm-hmm. her father's death and finding a bit of her identity through this, um, through words, I guess. Yeah. Through, through words and language. Yeah. It's pretty solid. Um, and then we have Dr. Larrabee, who was played by Lawrence Fishburne. I wanted to know how you felt about Dr. Larrabee. I have like mixed feelings about him. I, I love his character. He he represents. You brought up matriarch, and I was thinking about the patriarch earlier. He he represents mm-hmm. that masculine and en- masculine energy. Um, mm-hmm. Akila's home life is dominated by um, her mother's feminine energy. Her home life is chaotic, and innately feminine energy is a bit chaotic. Doctor Labry brings some type of stability into her life. You know, he brings a bit of order. He brings discipline. She has the she has the skills, she has the capability to learn these words and remember these words, but she just needs a bit of guidance. And I think he 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 I think he he often said that, you know, he you know, the, the, he lost his daughter also. So they, they kind of have this um initially this unknown connection that we don't mm-hmm. we don't really uh see blossom until towards the end end of the movie. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like this character. I, I like what he represented, and I think I think he was pivotal to kind of balancing the uh, the chaos of her life and is bringing her a bit more order. Hmm. Um. I did. I. I don't know. I didn't really like Doctor Larrabee that much. 
he did the thing with the that I I always hate, which is the respectability politics when it comes to how she was speaking, even in just the conversations between the two of them, where it was like, don't use that ghetto talk in here and make sure you talk correctly here. And I'm always like, why is it so necessary to police how people talk in casual conversations in regards to how they speak rather than what they say? Um, and even when she caught him with the um, the diss thing and he told her like, oh, you can't use diss in here because I said no ghetto talk. And it's almost kind of like um, like so haughty of an energy with him when she he told her like, oh, you can't use that ghetto talk in here. Um, I do feel like he was a... Um, positive role model for her because she missed her dad so much. And I think them working together and him being her coach um, really helped her to kind of have the bond that she missed with her dad since, you know, her and her dad loved Scrabble and spelling. And then she has this, this um, teacher who now is willing to do those things with her. He's kind of like standoffish in the beginning. Um, and I think as they get closer, he realizes that he, just like Akila and just like Tanya, have not properly grieved um, their relatives. And that scares him more than he'd like to admit. And that's why he ends up um, kind of like pushing her away and telling her to figure it out. Um, but, you know, in the end, he comes through. But I think like in the beginning, I definitely was just like, oh, come on now. Not this. But then like towards the end, you kind of see you know, he's grieving and that's why he is the way he is, which is like very stoic, um, very regimented and like, you know, how he does things. But I feel like eventually she kind of helps him to be able to like enjoy life again um, in a way outside of being, you know, cooped up in his home and gardening and being a little bit haughty. Right. I mean, I, I think, I think, the the like when I reach rewatched it this morning, um, the language like I think you said language politics was it? Uh, respectability politics. Respectability respectability politics. I feel like it's necessary because there she he's trying to transition her into for me he's trying to transition her to a place where she is prepared like like you know he, he's hit <clears throat> he becomes her beacon essentially like toward the end of the movie. He, you know, he doesn't want to go to DC, and she's like, you know, like I, I, I need you there. Seeing him, I think he, he, he becomes her beacon for focus and discipline. And I think having that order and having like this strict, uh, clear cut, where I, you know, you, you can talk to everyone else how you want to talk to, but here, you know, we speak a certain way because we have a specific, specific job to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I get the respectability politics and how it comes off, uh. It comes off as, re- it comes off like a rejection to like the the black experience and ebonics and just like innate language, mm-hmm. um, but you know it, it's it's code switching I think and I think it's it, it helps with the transformation and the divide of uh, once I'm in this space I'm a certain type of person but because you know we t- I talked about her being witty and she stands up for herself she also educates him so it's. You know, she's gonna break character at times. Like, it, yeah, it, it's fair course. and it's realistic for her to break character. And what she does, and when she does, and if he, if he's, if he's still stuck in the past and he's not showing growth, you know, she puts him on and says, "All right, well, the word is right here. 
so I can use it and it's okay. And then certain yeah. things she says, all right, fine, that's cool. I, I, I get it. Like there's, there's, a, there's a good compromise. Yeah, they definitely taught each other. Um, so how did you feel about the, the imagery, the language? I mean, I think language is, I mean, the, the, the whole, the entire movie is about, is about language. Yeah. Um, and I guess this is this kind of a, a good place to talk about bad words. I really like that movie. It, it's a, for, for, it's interesting on, interesting on a lot of levels. The first thing I was thinking about was, you know, here's a spelling bee about, like a, a spelling, bee, spelling bee movie about a white kid would not be interesting at all. Like no one would really care to see it. But you put this adult male in this situation. I think Jason Bateman's character is 40 years old mm-hmm. and he's competing against like 10, 10-year-olds and teens. Um, and his quest is to, he, like he's just out for revenge, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> he's out for revenge. I feel like the movies have a lot of similar elements. Um, but I, I liked it because it, I, I I don't mind fair revenge. I don't mind fair revenge. Right? If if like if the rule book says I can do this, then yo I'm I'm gonna do it. Um, I like the the dynamics. I I like seeing people break out of their shells. Uh-huh. Which we see him doing throughout the movie also. Um, I don't like potty humor as much also as often. But yeah, I I, th- I thought bad words was 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 kind of cool. And I mean, I think Akilah and the is just a like bad words came out two thousand eight, so I feel like they kind of pulled some concepts from uh-huh. Akilah and the Bee. Um, but I feel like Akilah and the Bee is a, it's a better overall foundation and story. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I didn't watch all of it because I was just kind of like, I think I was turned off from the beginning. I was just kind of like, this is weird. <laughs> I don't understand this, and I'm not like a really big fan of potty humor either. A lot of the time, it really depends on it. Like you say potty humor, I'm thinking poop. A poop joke is funny, but I don't know. That movie was kind of rubbing me the wrong way from the beginning. So I think I kind of like gave up on it fast. Um, they do kind of give off the same vibe, though, because it is a spelling bee. But I feel like with Akila and the Bee, it's definitely more geared towards um, being a family movie um, for people to enjoy um, like together because it's like it's essentially like the perfect family movie. Um, you see a kid overcome um some disadvantages to become like this, you know, this champion, which is great. Um and like bad words, I don't know if he won at the end against those children because <laughs> I didn't watch the whole thing, but um Akilah and the Bee I think is definitely more family oriented and bad words is definitely like an adult movie with kids in it, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah, cuz I don't I can see like sitting my nephew down like, "Hey, let's watch Bad Words." He wouldn't get it, but I think he would like a killer in the B. Right, 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 right. Granted, so, he's six. W- with a killer, you see, he's six. Yeah, granted, he's six. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so with with a killer in the B, what what stood out to you? I guess in terms of the language, uh, the imagery, uh, anything, anything beyond just the uh, the overall theme of of the show, of so, theme of the movie. Yeah. So watching it, I was just kind of it. It definitely. I saw some, so let me just say how I felt about the everything first. So I watched it and I was like, oh, okay, this is very much a movie. And it did give off a vibe of like after school movie, which is not necessarily a bad thing. And then after I I watched the movie, I was like, oh, I love this ending. I love all of this. Um, I was like reading some reviews of it 
um, to see kind of like what people were saying about it. And some reviews were like, oh, it gave gave off um, after TV program. And I was like, yeah, that's definitely what it gives off. But that I don't think, but they were saying it kind of like it was a bad thing to give off that vibe. I don't think it's right. a bad thing to give up that vibe. Um, that vibe. Um, I thought it was pretty, pretty basic for what a movie, you know, how a movie is shot. Um, I did like the imagery of seeing um, a lot of Los Angeles, not, not South Central, a lot of seeing South Central LA. Um, and like you said in the beginning, with showing like just the community itself, I really enjoyed. But I think when it comes down to it, it was very like ordinary in its sense, which is again, not a bad thing because it's just giving the movie. You don't need it to be any, anything extra. Uh, I don't know if you, right. yeah. Like it just felt like normal, like <clears throat> watching something. It wasn't like, I wouldn't say like beautiful to see, um, but it was just like, it gave what it needed to. If it, it followed the the it followed the uh what's the, what's the word um not the storyline not the sequence the script uh, it'll, it'll maybe it'll come to me later yeah if I follow this the seat not the, not the sequence it'll, it'll come to me later but yeah. I, I I get it I get it it did, it did its job exactly it told the story yeah right 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 it it wasn't a I, like I wonder if part of that is because we've seen movies like this so much you know and and have you have you seen this before. Um, no, this is my first time seeing it. Okay. So I wonder, I wonder if part of that is because, you know, we've, uh, when, you know, we're, we're in fucking Avengers land right now. So like, (laughs) when you see anything else, it's like, this is cool. All right. Okay. Oh, okay. Cool. (laughs) You know, um, maybe we're, we're oversensitized. Yeah. I I don't know. It's, It's something interesting to think about. Yeah, maybe, but I think it was just very just straightforward like it wasn't about the imagery so much as it was about the storytelling um i feel like the storytelling was essentially the most important part of the movie and that takes the front seat and not necessarily meaning that the imagery and anything like that took a back seat um but it definitely um i feel like doing anything more than what it was done would have maybe overshadowed the the story um but i think it it went together fine like it went together great i wanted to ask you um so you know Akila had spelling Mm -hmm. um what would be your skill like what 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 would you like if you were a middle schooler what what if you or maybe if you had one like what what would be your thing like mathlete spelling be what would be your extracurricular program that you would probably excel at i excelled at spelling maybe instruments I excelled at spelling. I'm very good at spelling. Um, uh, what else did I do when I was in, when I was in middle school, I was a part of the, um, what is it called? Oh my gosh. I can't remember. can't believe I forgot the name of it. Mock trial. I did mock trial when I was in um, middle school, which was, I played a defense lawyer for a man who was accused of shooting his ex-girlfriend <laughs> in the vestibule of a restaurant. <laughs> Keep talking. I'm, I'm doing background music. <laughs> but yeah, I did that, and that was that was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, that was pretty cool. And I like literally had a defense team and the prosecution, and you know we had to interview like the the defendant and all that. That was pretty cool. But yeah, I was always really good at um, spelling and um, 
just knowing the definitions of words pretty much. But that's because I went to, like I said, I went to a college preparatory junior high school and high school. And there was a big emphasis on knowing um, SAT words and how they're spelled. So um, I really picked that up fast because I, I love knowing how to spell shit. I love someone saying, how do you spell this? And I'm like, this is how you spell it and being correct. So we probably would have been right. spelling. Cool, cool. Yeah. What about you? Um, uh, spelling too. That was English. English uh, used to be, I guess, my like my forte, my strong point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love the books growing up. Um, in the in eighth grade, like I was like the, the it was me and this. Uh, and it's funny to talk about race race issues, which I'll we'll bring up later. Like I said. It was me and this Chinese girl who would always compete in English for like the top score. Mm-hmm. And like I, my, my teacher, salute to Mr. Gory Marine Park High School, Marine Park Junior High School. He'd be like, she beat you by one point, Janice. And like if I won, he was, if I got the highest score, he's like, yeah, Cliff, Cliff, you got the highest score. Like he, he, he always, he always motivated me and kind of pushed me. Um, and I, yeah, I, I did real well in English. Yeah. I, I like that because I feel like, like you said, I feel like people just don't read as much as they used to. And I feel like it's so, it's just so important to, to just understand and know language, even outside of English language, obviously, but like, it's just very important to know the ins and out of a language that we have to use to communicate and what those words can, you know, imply or how to put together a sentence. So, yeah, I think that's, I think that's neat. I mean, I I think the, uh, the the uh the the detriment and like you know re- anyone can read right yeah like you can sit here you can read all the books but you know we talked about dialogue without having dialogue to um share what your beliefs are what your new awareness is from reading mm-hmm. then like you know it, it's I, I think it's a, it's a two step thing it's the reading and then having a dialogue to see if what you read has additional value right um. And you know, d- dialogue is a is a lost art socially, also, and I think that's kind of the that adds on to our detriment. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, how, how did you feel about the the relationship with the school children? Like, it it, it was no one likes being teased, as mm-hmm. right? Being you know, you you like there were like I, I connect with Akila to an ex- extent, right? Like being feel. Being smart, being intelligent, or like having a, a notable skill, a notable talent that you know you can utilize and do well with, and you know you're not a nerd, right? Like, mm-hmm. and like you know, nerd is a nerd, right? right. Like, respectfully, like you're not a nerd. You're not too much in that where like the nerds, the nerds are proud to be smart. Like, yes, I see Verkla. Yes, I know this <laughs> and I know that, and they own it. And Akila's like she's shy about her intelligence because she doesn't want to get get teased. Right. Um, and I feel like Javier, like I said, her little boot thing was the first one to to her first peer to like advocate for her intelligence and be like, yo, like, you know, utilize this. Mm-hmm. So how, how did you feel about her relationship with her peers, um, with Akila being this this shy, intelligent girl who was kind of kind of hiding at times? I feel like I feel like there will always be haters, you know? To quote, <laughs> that's what I wrote. I wrote kids slash yeah. everyone or haters. haters for that's real. exactly what I wrote. Um, yeah, they always be haters. That's the way it is. Um, but yeah, like I think 
I, I get why she was shy about not wanting to know the answers. I've been in situations when I've been shy about not knowing the answers, but because I don't want people to cheat off me, but also I don't want to be bothered in the future, you know, for knowing something and not necessarily from peers, but from anybody. Like, oh, Tatiana did the answer the last time. Maybe she'll know it this time. Um, but I get it. Like, it's kind of, she's, she's already, Akilah's already dealing with a lot, you know? I feel like she probably really misses the relationship she had with her mom before her dad passed since, you know, her mom's always working and it looks like, you know, her brother's not in the, her, her brother that she looks up to is now in the military and he, Devin. yeah, Devin, he's not there. And, um, so she, you know, I think she just wants to kind of be left alone. Um, so she was doing what she had to do to protect herself from like the bullying and the teasing. She didn't want to draw any more attention to herself than necessary and for a while, especially in the beginning, it's being like pushed on her, especially by the principals. Like, this is going to look really good for the school. Like, if you do this. And then she finally, you know, relents because she's like, you know what? I do like spelling. Why am I, you know, not spelling if I like doing it? Um, so I think she gets over that right. fear. Um, but I, I mean, I can't relate to it beyond that. Um, because like I told you, I went to a college preparatory school. We were all aiming to be as smart as possible. So if my grades weren't what like someone else's grades were and it was high, I was like, damn, I got to get like that. That was like how it was there. But, um, I definitely feel for it, Kayla, because sometimes you just want to get through the day. It just kind of sucks that you feel like that at 11. Right. there's, There's a scene, um, after she wins the, the, the school spelling bee. And Mr. Welch is saying, you know, hey, you can go, go represent her. You can, you can represent us moving forward. And she asks, can I get some clothes or something? <laughs> like, can you hook me up yeah. with some clothing? And I, I just thought about when you, when you were talking about um, just like her, her reservedness and de- dealing with them a mm-hmm. lot. Like, I, and I, I, sh- I should have rewatched it this morning, like looking at her clothing to see if like, it, like is it stained? Like what? What about her clothing like really bothers her that makes her want that that makes her ask for that that request? Something I need to consider next time. I, I think she it. didn't have a lot of fancy clothes for the most part. When you see her dress, she's she wears a uniform to school. Um, when she's not in school, she's usually just wearing like the typical eleven year old clothes, like jeans, t shirt, hoodie. Um, but I think she wanted to have something nice to wear for the spelling bee so that she could fit in more because you know it's very evident to Akilah that these people that she's in these spelling bees against and evident to everyone in the movie that they have more, they're more affluent. Um, and Doug Atchison wrote the movie right. with that in mind. So it's definitely like, I think she was like, come on now, y'all got to get me some nicer clothes. If y'all going to have me on this stage spelling for y'all, y'all can't have me going up there in some, some faded blue jeans and a hoodie. Like I want to look nice too. So I think that's part of it. And yeah. Right. And I feel like she should have demanded that she's right. She should be like, yeah, y'all going to make me do this. Give me some nice ass clothes. She got her some nice ass clothes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, earlier we talked about the when I, when I watched the movie mm-hmm. last night, and you know she's at the, um, I think it's regional. She's at the regional, yeah. She's at the USC at the regional spelling bee, and her mother walks in. I'm, I was excited. I was like, oh shit, her mom came to support her, but then. Um, Tanya's arguing with Mr. Welch and saying, I never agreed to this. And then, you know, they take her off stage. And then it's the whole scene where, you know, she, she, Akilah admits to forging her father's signature, which is wild that 
you know, the like they don't even know her dad's yeah. dead. Like what? Like how? how it's wild. It's a, it's a wild yeah. thought. But um, I, I I love the initial moment of that scene, like of seeing her mother walk through the door. Um, I had I I, I went back to this first grade experience where I was it was like a class presentation at like seven o'clock at night. And my elementary school was like two blocks away from my house. So, you know, I went home after school. I came back to school and I told my mother about it. And she was like, oh, I'm working. I can't make it. So, you know, um, I'm on the stage and I'm looking at all the kids and their parents. And, you know, I'm going to say I see parents. I don't know who's who, but I know that my mother isn't there. And I'm just like, I'm just doing it, whatever. And then my mother walks in through the back door and I'm just like, I'm just happy as fuck as a kid. Um, so I wanted to ask, did you have, have you, have you had any moments like that where, you know, maybe a parent or a spouse guard and someone in your family wasn't said they wouldn't show up for you and they showed up, showed up for you at the last moment? Um, no, <laughs> no. And it's only because, um, when I had every, anything I would do in elementary school, um, my mom was always there. Um, so I didn't really have that worry. Um, and then when I was in junior high school and I had to do, um, I did mock trial. My dad took me to, to every meeting and made sure that I, you know, that I was, that he knew I was in the, that he was in the crowd or so no, not really. I'm trying to think if I had anything bigger after that. I think, yeah, no, nothing bigger than after that. It's a random question to pull. Yeah, from, no, so no, I understand it. I when I was like a little bit older, I did like a ten month apprenticeship for um, a nonprofit organization that matched kids. Not kids. I was a woman. Matched people with um, nonprofits that they wanted to work at. And I remember I had a graduation, um, and I invited a friend, and he ended up not coming because he didn't think it was a big deal. I think that was probably the opposite of what you were asking me, but it meant a lot to me. Right. So who's let you, who's let you down in life? <laughs> he knows who he is. Um, but <laughs> other than that, yeah, like, I've, I've, I don't know, like my mom and my dad, uh, especially when I was like in junior high school, elementary school have always been, you know, very, um, they've always been present and at my things up until I was in junior high school. I didn't do a lot of stuff in high school that required them to be there. They were both at my graduation. Um, so the answer to the question is no. And that was the that was the full long explanation that was not needed. <laughs> so so good. We, we, we yeah. hit a poly. Um so why did you why did you choose this movie? You did choose, choose, the, you, chose you, this. you chose this. You chose this movie. It? Yeah. I chose this? Okay. Oh shit. I, <laughs> I put your name. I was like Tati Tati. No, I did not choose this. Um <laughs> Why did you pick it? So if I chose this, then I'm assuming that I've mm-hmm. never watched it for one. Um. Okay, I think I know why I chose it. I chose it because, you know, these past few years I've been. I I I, I like I like mm-hmm. going to the movies. I I enjoy I enjoy theater. I enjoy, I like you know Avengers action all that all that shit is cool. But I like theater. I like movies that are about stories. Uh, I love going to movies by myself and just sitting in the back having a good hearty cry when shit is sad. Like I, I love that experience. Um, and I think Aquila and a B is one of those movies like Antoine Fisher. It's about black childhood. And I enjoy connecting 
with those experiences. Movies like this, I feel like movies like this don't get enough support from the black mm-hmm. experience. Um, and I'll pull, I'll pull something up real quick that I, I was looking at. So the budget for this movie was six to eight million dollars. And box office, it made nineteen, it made eighteen point eight million domestically. Internationally, it only made one hundred and ten thousand dollars. Um, and DVD sales are amazing. DVD sales are twenty six million dollars. So, and I just learned that today. But I, like making the connection on why I chose chose this is, you know, there are there are a there have been a plethora of films about the black experience um you know these past few years have really been about representation and all diversity but these movies these tv shows have exist and i feel like collectively the black experience doesn't support them um you know erica and i went to go see if bill street Hill street mm-hmm. could talk and i remember yo like i was the only black person in, in the theater um when i go when i've gone to like seven Will Smith, seven pounds, which is an, another notable movie. Like I, I, I go to watch these, like these pieces of art, these like drama pieces about blackness, and I rarely ever see um, black people there. I, I saw King Richard, I think earlier this year or last year when it came out. On nah, like I'm only black person there. So I want, I want, you know, part of this is going back and t- and looking at artistry within the black experience and seeing that for me like seeing that the, it's it's always been there the representation has always been there these stories have, have always been there it just there just needs to be additional effort um I, I i don't even know what it is right like you know you 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 hear that a movie like you know maybe it's the replay value you know the movies making billions of dollars right movies that make a hundred million dollars and maybe that's people re-watching it or going for a second third time and this is a movie that you just watch once but I feel like they're. I don't. I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of going far fetched, right? Like it, 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 it did mm-hmm. good bank, right? If the if the budget is six million and you make eighteen million, uh, just through the theaters alone, like I feel that that's good and fair. Um, and I I, th- I think my my overall uh, not frustration or concern is just like the language of. We're not represented, or there's not enough diversity. There's not enough this, not enough that. When it's there, it's mm-hmm. always been there, and just trying to always remind myself that it's been there, um, and just advocating right. for it, right, and putting people on, putting myself on, so that more people can become aware. Like when I saw the, you know, I, I was disappointed about the box office numbers, right? And you see 110,000 internationally, and I'm like, damn, like no one from Africa, <laughs> no one from any of the African nations even cared to go see it, like. They don't fuck with black movies. Yeah. Like, you know, um, see the DVD sales and it's like, okay, there's a, there's like this after, uh, there's like this after, I, I can't think of the word, um, but like, you know, people may not fuck yeah. with it initially, but on a, on a tail end, yeah. there's support. And I think a lot of times that doesn't get added yeah. onto it, right? Like, I think this is an important movie um, for blackness. And like, I don't, I don't know who's who bought those dvds um but the story is being shared so i think that's that's, that's important the box office would be better but the yeah. story's still being shared. um i think I, i'm sure there's a lot of things that play into it a lot of the times when movies are in theaters they don't really get the 
uh, attention that that they wanted until, like you said, until it's on DVD. Um, also, probably the DVD sales were higher because they sold this in Starbucks because this was a movie that was done on the Starbucks productions. Right, 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 right. They did a um, It was the first movie done by Starbucks Productions. It was the first DVD sold in a Starbucks as well. So that might be uh, the reason. I think sometimes, I don't know. I feel like people don't, I don't know how good uh, Bad Words did in theaters. It probably did better because it was Jason Bateman. But I, I, I would not have watched this movie if you had not suggested it. And that's not because, you know, I just don't want to watch a movie about a spelling bee. Yeah, it doesn't come to mind to me like, oh, I should, you know what? I should sit down and watch Akilah and the Bee. Um, Every movie we've watched up until now, this is probably the one that was like, like surprised when I got to it's like, oh, we're watching Akilah and the Bee because I don't think I had realized it at first. And I was like, oh, okay. But it's not something I would have watched if you had not suggested it because I don't, I feel like I wasn't the demographic for it. And when I, in 2006, I was 19. So I wasn't gonna watch it then. Because it's like Akilah's 11 or something. If it came out in 2006. Yeah, I was 19. I don't think I was going to watch it then. Um, maybe that's what it is. I feel like because it's more of a family movie too on top of it. Bad Words was not a family movie. But I've seen this happen with other movies too that have gotten like sort of like how you would say slept on. And then later on you realize how good it was um, or how like liked it was. Like J- Jennifer's Body, for example, was like critically panned and didn't do well in theaters, but now it's like a cult classic. Um, same thing with Dr. Sleep, which was the right. sequel to The Shining, um, which when it was in theaters, nobody saw it. But now people say it's like really great horror movie. And I, I you know, I have to agree. Um, I think sometimes um, people expect black people to watch movie because black people are in it. And that's not usually the, the what happens, I guess. Um, I saw If Bill Street Could Talk um, in theaters, too. But, like, my experience with seeing it was probably a lot different from yours because I went and saw it at the Apollo, like, premiere night. And Regina King was there. It was, like, it was amazing. It was, like, so many black people there just, like, having a good time. I had the same experience seeing Girls Trip twice in theaters. It was me and, like, like 1,500 black women just screaming at the screen for, like, two hours. So, um... (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I, I feel like, like you said, I mean, like I said before, I would not have watched it if you had not suggested it. And it's not even because, you know, I don't like Kiki Palmer because I love Kiki Palmer. She was great in Nope. She's been great in everything she's done. Um, Lawrence Fishburne and Angela Bassett. This is like the third movie they've done together. I love both of them. I love Angela Bassett. Like, she's in my top. She's like one of my favorite actress- actresses of all times. But I think maybe it's the appeal of the spelling bee. I don't want to watch kids spell, but I'm glad I watched this movie. <laughs> That's interesting. That it's interesting that you love English, but don't. Want no, to watch not kids at all. Spell. Like while while watching this, like while watching this, um, I like I'm I hit like I, I've mm-hmm. always been good with phonetics growing up. So when I hear like even in bad words when they say a word like it's it's interesting when I watch bad words. I got like 90% of, I spelled 90% of the words right. Like I, I was just like, all right, going through it. With with a killing that beat, I was like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I ain't really got it. Granted, maybe because it was like yeah. the night when I was watching it and my brain was off. But you no, know, like I I channeled that young young Clifford who like loves words. And I'm like, uh, pterodactyl. I'm like, yeah, PT, blah, 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 right. blah, right? Going through the phonetics and shit like that. 
So it, it's interesting that you know you love English, and it's but like watching other people. Yeah, that's do why it, I kind of. Like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm out. Yeah, that's I'm, why I kind of draw the line. Know. I'll read a book, but I don't watch a movie about them spelling. Like I didn't watch bad words. I watched like 15, 20 minutes of a boss. Like this is leaving a bad taste in my mouth. I got to get this out of here. It's like you know, like I'll watch them. Like I like to play some video games. Like I'll play The Sims. Or, uh, you know, like Animal Crossing and like Pokemon. I don't want to watch those movies. I can't tell you the last time I watched a Pokemon movie. I don't even, I can't even tell you. I was thinking of a number and I couldn't. I don't like if even, you know, sometimes they'll do like those uh, like in-depth dives into like the the culture of something uh, like Animal Crossing or whatever the case is. And those things I'm interested in, but I don't want to watch people do it. I would just rather, you know, do it. You know, that's that's I think that's part of it. Right. Like watching people right. play video games like it's, it's like, no, right, 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 right. I mean, I, yeah, I feel like the draw for some of those is the, the individual who presents it and like if they make it. Yeah. And I also engaging. Mm-hmm. Um, but r- real quick. Um, also, no, also for me, like Go ahead. reading for a very, very long time was just like a very personal thing I did. Um, like I told you before, I had started a book club. I had a book club like years ago, too, where I read with people. But for the most part, it was me reading books like alone. It was a very solid to like a very solitary um hobby um and experience for me. Um so I think that's probably part of the reason why as well. Right. Um so this is a correction on my end. Bad words came out in twenty fourteen. I said oh. twenty I said two thousand eight. Uh budget was ten million and it did seven million at the office and about four million yeah. DVD sales. Makes sense. So yeah. people like that even less. <laughs> so 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 may so maybe maybe yeah, maybe your point is true. Like um, you know, the DVD sales, you know, it's it's um it's mm-hmm. like it's the it's the tail end. Like people may not go to the theater to watch it. Like I don't I don't want to go to like going to the movies exactly. is about should be like an exciting maybe for some people it should be like a, a fun, exciting experience. I wanna drink my exactly I eat popcorn. Like this this isn't a, a really um it's not a, it's not exactly. a theater experience. Yeah, there, there we go. It's not a it's not a movie yeah. experience. You can watch it at home. We, we, we solved we, it. We solved the riddle. There yeah, we go, right. Dialogue, exactly. Dialogue, we solved dialogue, it because dialogue. you're right. Like uh, sometimes you watch something you really want that theater experience, um, and then there's some things you're like, I'll just wait till it's on DVD to watch it. I say that shit all the time. I'll be sitting here like, right. oh, you know what? That looks good. And it's like in theaters, November or something. And I'm like, but I'll wait for it to stream because I'm not going to go to the theater to watch it. I'll wait till it's, right. it's on TV. Right, 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 right. I get that. Um, yeah, like the, it's, I, I want, I want the Dolby. Exactly. The recliner seats. The recliner seats. The seat warmers now. You want all that. You don't want to um, see. You want all that when you go to Akilah. I, 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 I love I, it. I hate seat warmers. It, it feels very <laughs> really? uncomfortable for me, man. Yeah, I love I it. I think it's great. Yeah, I feel like it's heating the inside of my like my. Oh my stomach. god! I don't like that feeling. You gotta bring like a. I'm. I. I, I, I need like a blanket. I need a That's what I was gonna, I need gonna say. You need like one of those hemorrhoid <laughs> donuts underneath your butt, and then experience it. Then it's different. But it might melt the melt it if it's yeah, a balloon. Yeah, I'll bring <laughs> I, I I use one yeah. all the time because I you know I sit a lot, but I guess I'll, I'll bring it to the theater with me. I, I carry it. Yeah. In, no, I'm like, why not? Right. Um, so this cultural significance to of a killing the bee to the black experience. Um, 
the first thing that I guess I I, I wanted to touch on was the mm-hmm. we talked about mourning and how important that is, right? Like every everyone's mourning. <clears throat> and it feels at times it feels ever present to the black experience. Like there's always are you familiar with a PT post traumatic slave syndrome? No. Uh, so it's by it's a book theory by Dr. Joy DeGruy, and it just talks about the residual mental effects of slavery and um, of American slavery, more specifically, and how it's affected the Black experience, but also other groups that live in America. Um, and it's just like it, it's just an awareness of the ever-present uh, sadness, mourning, trauma of the of the Black experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I was while I was watching the movie, you know, we talked about the relationship between Tanya and Akila, and we, I brought up the it's, it's hard love, but a lot of her relationship dynamics, especially with the people closer to her, feels like um, I wrote black kids are angry because the people closest to them don't really support them, or they treat them like shit. Like Tanya, her, her mom was was like wilding at times toward her, right? That's very dismissive. Like it's 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 traumatizing to like always be dismissed by your mother. You know, like you talked about mourning and this, this, she's all I got now and she's treating me like shit. So yeah, I miss my dad. I miss my dad. Uh the school children treat me weird. Um Kiana, uh her sister, you know, there to support as she could. You know, there's a dope scene where Kiana comes to support her. But Kiana's, uh, I'm, I'm not sure if it was a boy or girl, but Kiana's child, uh, a newborn, is crying. And someone else is spelling, and Nikila's like, Kiana, get that baby out of here. Like, just like, yo, fuck, get the fuck out of here. But Kiana ends up helping her out because, the, you know, this white woman and her white son ended up cheating. <laughs> um, so it's, it's, I was looking at the dynamic of just like being angry all the time. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of black youth experience is, it's being angry, being angry at everyone and anyone, feeling dismissed, feeling like you don't have value, continual un- uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Um, the you know the community support I think was beautiful. Like you know at a certain point when she's like really you know she like she does the USC championship and she's going to the nationals and you just there's like this cutscene where Dr. Larrabee is like you know I don't have anything to teach you anymore. He's like, here are these five thousand words, like go do your thing, and you see her. She's studying with the mailman. She's studying with her friends. She's jump roping in a circle with a group of friends studying. And you see that that beautiful community support to, yo, help this young black black girl win. Um, I thought like I, I thought that, that was like one of the most beautiful scenes, scenes in this movie. Um, and the last thing is just like the racial dynamic, um, which I, maybe maybe we, we could like, did you feel there was a racial lens to this movie when it when it came to the, the different groups? Um, because the the belief is like you know D- Dylan and his father, who's played by Dylan, Dylan who's played by Shawn Michael, Ath- a fable, and his father Mr. Chu I believe yeah. played by C Ma who is like well known. I feel like he's like a Hollywood legend. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the 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 dynamic of you know them being Chinese and his father like you gotta you can't let a black girl beat you and you gotta be number one. And people saying that's a stereotype. <laughs> that's 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 not right. Um, you know, you brought up the language. You know, why is he poli- why is he uh, policing her language and how she speaks? Why are they showing black people like this? Did you feel any of that while watching that? Um, 
outside of the, 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 the language usage? Yeah, I'm definitely somebody that takes in anything that's geared towards a certain demographic, but directed and written by someone outside of that demographic with a grain of salt. Doug Atchison is a white man at the end of the day. He wrote this movie. He directed this movie. So I definitely, you know, pay attention to see if there's any sort of like, you know, weird, like racial undertones, microaggressions. I did think it was kind of interesting that her biggest, like, you know, the antagonist of this movie in in some sense, I don't think uh, generally the kid is an antagonist because he is dealing with an overzealous father who just wants him to succeed. I did think it was interesting that he decided to use like an Asian kid to be the one that is like the most combative towards her and like standoffish and unfriendly. Um, because we're talking about how aff- in affluent neighborhoods they get, you know, they get better education. They have these spelling bees um, and the antagonist for like, like lack of a better word, wasn't white. Um, that was, I guess, kind of weird to me in some sense. And, um, they, I also like, I guess it's also one of those things that when you, you look at, um, what was it? A quote I heard from Jasmine Guy one time. Jasmine Guy said that um, when she was on A Different World, she was always, like her character had to say some bad things or some things that people disagree with. And she was okay with being that character because there was other representation in that movie, I mean, that show that looked like her that was saying like the correct thing. Um these two being the only Asian people in the movie and then kind of being like the enemies uh, and like being the ones that are overtly like overtly racist was like an interesting take to me. Um, But I think um, overall. I said you, uh, I I was, you view them as being racist. You viewed, you you viewed a a racist dynamic. I mean, I think it was interesting that the like it was supposed to be the these this Asian kid is the one that's like her, like arch nemesis when we're talking about um Akila being kind of disenfranchised by growing up in South Central LA and knowing that the school systems aren't that great and then her competing in these spelling bees in affluent neighborhoods when the predominant amount of children that she was surrounded by were in fact white and then it was this kid that was doing too much and that the the dad was the one that was like very anti-black like you let this little black girl beat you she almost beat you i thought that was like like oh okay um i know those dynamics do exist but i also feel like feel like like i said i take everything with a grain of salt when this movie is written and directed by a white person um because it's like why did you choose that to be it was the it's just weird unless it was like blind casting i don't know but it definitely I mean, gave me. Honestly, I, I, I think historically, um, I mean, I've skimmed through. Like, I, I don't watch spelling bees, but like, I I follow news and I see winners. I feel like majority of them that I've seen have come from like uh, Asian countries, so like Indian or or mm-hmm. Chinese. So I feel like there's a some type of reality to that based on what, what I've seen. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe there's a reality to it. I just think it's interesting that Doug Atchison portrayed those to be like the big, the big problem within this spelling bee. And I think the bigger problem is not this guy wanting his child to overachieve probably because they come from an immigrant background and you have to overachieve in this country. 
in order to be on the same playing field as white people in general, which is the same thing with black people. But like this, the whole issue is that these schools should have equal funding and same programs. And I think that he should have touched more on that. It was more about, you know, getting Akila out of her environment and having her acclimate to a different environment in order to succeed when I feel like the true villain was the school, the school system. Got yeah. it. Got it. Um, any additional thoughts on cultural significance? Um, culturally, I think it was significant because it was, it's cool to see a little girl from South Central LA get to compete in this spelling bee and win. Um, I think that's culturally significant because it, you know, like little, little girls, little boys, of any race, you know, should be able to be like, look, all she did was study and have her community behind her. And that's really cool. And then she succeeded. I feel like that in itself, like you said before, the whole community comes together um, to help her succeed. And I feel like if everybody was like this all the time, you know, we'd be not just black people, but just in general, even in this country have community, we'd be a lot better. Um, off because they all looked out for her. They were all rooting for her at the end of the movie. Even when she fell out with her friend Georgia, even the kids that bullied and teased her, they were all rooting for her at the end because they were like, she deserves this. She's worked so hard. So I thought that was very cool. Right. Um, I, uh, last question on my end. Um, so toward the end of the national championship, it is just Akila and Dylan mm-hmm. on stage. And earlier, um, I, f- I forget the exact scene, but earlier Dylan and Akila were doing a spelling bee um, like, like competition over the word uh, xanthosis. And she got it wrong initially. Dylan knew it. So at the spelling bee championship, she gets the word xanthosis. And she, she sees Dylan's dad, Mr. Ch- Mr. Chu, Mr. Uh, Ch- nah, nah. Dylan's mm-hmm. dad yelling at him. And she feels like, damn, he's got it rough. So she spells Xanthosis wrong. And Dylan is looking at her like, like you you know this. Like we talked about this. Dylan goes up there, he spells it wrong too. Um and then they have like a they they hash it out toward the end. I, I, I won't spoil it, but what 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 do you think you would do in that situation, right? It's you and the other person you were com- you've, you've been competing with. It's a word that you both know, and it's presented to you. Do you go for the win, or do you are you like, eh, I'm gonna I'm I'm, I'm I'll, I'll let them have it, or, or are you looking for more of a challenge? I'm going for the win. I'm going for the win. I'm going for the win. I get why she did it because she feels really bad for him. And that's, I think that's really the best thing about Akilah is how much empathy she has for Dylan and understanding like he might be a completely different person if it wasn't for the fact that his father was breathing down his back constantly and telling him like, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. And I feel like that's something that he needed. I'm not sure what the lesson is after that happens because, you know, at the end of the day, his father's just met, like happy that, you know, he won. Um, but yeah, I'm going for the win. I, if it was me in that movie and it was Tati in the B, it would definitely end with me busting Dylan's ass Tati. and then going, hey, Dylan, good game. Deuces. And then that would have been it. 
Fair enough, fair enough. Any uh any questions or anything to wrap, wrap up? Um with? I wanted to know what would you out of ten, what would you give this movie? And like what were your departing thoughts on it? Um, out of ten. I'd give it a seven. Yeah, I feel like it's a good mm-hmm. seven. Um departing departing thoughts. Maybe parting thoughts, not departing. Part, yeah. parting thoughts my final mm-hmm. thoughts final thoughts <laughs> that, right? We're both right. my final thoughts on it um being old I, I guess being older right like watching these movies that are focused on children being older it's easier for me to like analyze all the different mm-hmm. characters um and my takeaway is just being mindful as a parent. Like a, a lot of movies I watch now with parenting, my mindset is just, yo, you know, like earlier I said, you just you parent how you know, right? Like it's not your, it's not necessarily your fault. You just do what you know. Um, so I always take from these movies, that's not how to parent or this is yeah. how to parent. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's what I look to. I, I, I look to... How do I support the next generation, right. essentially? Yeah, like, you know, if, I, how do I want to support my child in right. this situation? It's like, yeah, it's always personal reflection for me and how to, how to, how would I navigate the situation and, and, and make it better and try to do my yeah. best. I like that. Anything on your um, end? I also would give it like a seven out of 10. And um, what you said about parenting is like, yeah, it's true. Sometimes you really need to give your kids way more autonomy than they get. It's less about barking demands at them and more about hearing them out. Um, I feel like a lot of times kids get shut down um, for having strong feelings or not wanting to do something or, you know, and I I don't think it should be like that. Um, I see how, you know, like Robert parents his daughter now and they give her so much autonomy to, you know, make her own decisions and you and you can still parent and do that. Um, Not everything is a has to be a, you know, like a war a struggle for power. Um, I also think that I also think that they did a really good job of showing what community can do and what happens when community stands by you. Because by the end of the movie, even Derek T was encouraging Akilah's brother to help her study for the spelling bee. And he also helped her. And he also watched on TV to, you know, and see her win, right. you know, um, people come from all different walks of life. And that doesn't mean you can't be a community because of it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, that's all I got. Uh, appreciate the dialogue. Um, Killing the bee, definitely check it out. You know, we, you know, the reasons we we do that we do the YouTube lives is that you know we want people to listen to the episode or just watch the movie, watch the show. You know, listen to the, the album and just offer additional insight. Um, I, I got I got this great uh, message in our in our IG. The first family episode. Uh, mm-hmm. Family Matters episode. Someone was like, you know, you have it wrong. It's this and this and this. And I've watched this show, and I'm like, okay, well, I, we're not experts on this. You know, we're just right. giving our opinions. And the YouTube lives are so that people can jump in and have dialogue, share their experiences. You, you know, if this is your favorite, like Save by the Bell, right? <laughs> if someone has a Save by the Bell episode. You want to jump in there and get in that ass if they're wrong, right? And that's the same thing we want. Um, so yeah, uh, thank you for listening. We'll see you guys next. We'll see you or hear you guys. Or you'll hear us next. Bye. Time. Peace.
Thanks for listening. You can find us on YouTube for bi-weekly club discussions at Nothing Moves Without Us. Please follow our TikTok and Instagram at A Black Culture Podcast. And you can watch podcast episodes on YouTube at Nothing Moves Without Us, A Black Culture Podcast. <laughs>